Now, on this Invest Talk podcast, Justin Klein listens to your questions. So I just wanted to get your thoughts on acorns or similar investing strategies and see if you guys like it or you don't like it, how they make their money, and um, if they're, you know, screwing me on the in the background and provides unbiased answers all right that's a great question there are a lot of apps out there and to me by far the best feature is the fact that it creates an automatic saving mechanism invest talk over 31 million downloads and counting hi this is alan from hayward love the show i wanted to know if verizon as a dividend stock is worth it your participation makes it unique 888-99-CHART This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, fellow investors, and welcome to Invest Talk. This is our Monday, May 10th, 2021 edition of Invest Talk. Appreciate you all tuning in for this hour. I'm going to do my best to. Utilize it with you in mind, our listeners, and that's our goal each and every day is to try to tailor our discussions, tailor uh, our commentary to best suit as many of you as possible. Uh, That's why we take phone calls and try to really get at the heart of what's on your mind. And we try to be the voice of reason. And that's why we operate with the mission statement of independent thinking and shared success. So we're not CNBC, we're not Bloomberg, we're not the big media channels that you probably get a lot of your financial information from. We're not here to talk a book, we're here to give you the information that we see in front of us and utilize our decades of investment experience to distill what makes sense in this market based on the facts, based on the data, not based on emotions, not based on a narrative. You're kind of seeing that now where the narrative stocks are having a rough day, rough time, let's say that. Rough, well, not just a day, but many months now. And when I operate each and every day, I'm going to do it all without bias. Whatever I'm talking about, I'm here to just give you the facts that I see in front of me, as well as utilizing the decades of experience, like I said. So I'm Justin Klein, and of course, we encourage you to contact us with your finance and investment questions. And when you do that, you get to shape the show. In fact, you can call right now and interact with us during our live stream program, 4 to 5 Pacific Time, or leave a question on our anytime Invest Talk Voice Bank. Uh, either way. That number never changes, 888-99-CHART. So let's get right to our first caller question now. Hi, guys. Big fan of the show. I just want to get your opinion on ticker symbol IIPR, Innovative Industrial Properties. Thank you. All right. This is Innovative Industrial Properties. This is a name that we own for clients. I'll say that. So clearly we like it. Revenue up 103% year over year. Earnings up 31% last quarter. Expected earnings this year up 36% to $6.66 and almost $9 expected earnings for 2022. And this is a REIT and they specialize in the cannabis space. Uh, And we like this because 
more and more jurisdictions are allowing for cannabis growing and the, their value add is to really get these properties permitted and ready to operate and they extract very high rents, very high rates of return from their properties. And that's how you're getting right now a 3% yield, but that is continuing to grow. Okay, so if you look at the recent dividend that have come out uh, for this name and they almost increase it every single quarter. And let's see, they were paying a dollar a share in March of last year per quarter. Then it went to a dollar six in June, then a dollar seventeen in September. In December it went to one twenty four, and most recently its dividend was a dollar thirty two. So a thirty two percent increase in its dividend rate in the past year plus. We like that, and that goes along with the growth in the earnings and, or in this case, the funds from operation. When I speak about earnings on a REIT, and that's what this is, a real estate investment trust, it's not earnings. It's funds from operations, and as that goes up, by rule, they need to pay out more, and that's why their dividend has gone up. So uh, this recent pullback, to me, is a buying opportunity. It, it's been chopping here around the 175 level. There's some major support right around the 153, so I could see it getting back down there, but uh, in this zone to us is a good accumulation area, and I think still a good value with the level of growth that this is showing. So we like IIPR, owner for clients, and myself. Now to achieve financial freedom, you will need the right information and strategies that make sense for you that work in this market, not in the past market, that work in the market we are operating, operating in today. Guess what that means? It's not about the story stocks, it's not about the tech names, not to say you can't buy any, but the story stocks are, are old, they're tired, they're dead. They're going down. The ARC funds are, are blowing up. This is an environment where you need to focus on fundamentals, cash flows, dividends, earnings. Not the story. So that's why I'm here, ready to take your calls on our Invest Talk listener line. 888 chart is how you get through and ask your question on today's show. Now, Let's check in on the market. The NASDAQ itself was down 350 points. And it's always interesting. You go to Morningstar.com, you look at their style boxes. The entire right side, red, 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 from growth, large, mid, and small, all on the growth side, small cap growth was down 3.3%. Large cap growth was down 2.57%. You know there are actual areas in the market that were up today? I know that might be shocking to you, but large cap value and mid cap value ticked up a bit, uh, nothing big, but still kind of held its ground in an environment where many, many of the high multiple, high flying story stocks are losing their luster. And I've said this before, when you have the dollar going down, when you have interest rates rising and inflation continuing to tick up, you see that with just commodities across the board really getting, uh, just, just going gangbusters. That is an environment where those story stocks, those multiples contract. And when your multiples are extremely high, trading at 20, 30, 40, 50 times revenues, which is absurd for almost any company, 
they have a lot farther to fall. And many of these names are going to fall 80, 90% from their all-time high, getting back down to reasonable multiples, two, three, four, five times, times uh, revenues. All right, I can see it based on growth, etc. But many of these names are just so egregiously overvalued. And this is a market that you don't want to be caught in those names. And you see that with what's happening today. Now we're heading into a very quick break, but I'm here right now ready for you on this Monday, and I'm taking your calls live on 888-99-CHART. We're already moving through the second quarter, and serious investors need to bring their best game. Invest Talk is here to help. 888-99-CHART. Hi, my name is Austin Keith. I'm calling from Pennsylvania. I was just wondering about a ticker symbol PDAC, that is P-D-A-C. Recently getting into stocks and listening to you guys and wanted your thoughts on that. All right, thank you. Bye. All right, this is the Peridot Acquisition Corp. Let's see. So this is another SPAC. Um, have they made an acquisition is the real question. Uh, and that's, that's the difficult part with the, a lot of these, these SPACs is what's, what, what's the – have they made an acquisition? Is it still just a, a shell? Okay, let me look at this. Uh, strategic hires, Lycycle, L-I-Cycle. Yeah, I would have to dig into, into it. Uh, I can't really give you that answer now because I, I, these SPACs, you really have to understand the, the acquisition company that they're, um, that they're buying. You have to understand the valuation that they're buying it at. You have to understand what are called the promotes, usually the warrants that they're getting for the shares, how much dilution that's going to create. So these are complex and any of these SPACs that are now are that haven't despacked, meaning their their symbols usually change, and it's no longer uh, the per, Peridot Acquisition Corp. It's now something like Lifecycle. Looks like that's what they bought or are buying. And so I can't really give you a sense of whether that's good or bad. You're going to have to do your own research here, and it takes a deep dive. You really have to take a deep dive. You know, Playboy is a good example. Playboy was a SPAC, and you if you looked at the fundamentals of the business, you could see that it was egregiously undervalued, and that's why it's basically gone up five times in the span of uh, a few months since it despacked because it was uh, trading at too low a valuation, and it was too complex for a lot of people to really unpack. Uh, and it, but it can go the other way, where uh, the, the base price, the par value of a SPAC is 10, but maybe their acquisition is, is bad. Maybe their leadership is bad. Maybe they paid too much for the, the acquisition. Uh, and oftentimes, it can go from 10 and go lower. Okay? So you really have to dig deep and understand the business that they're buying and the valuation as well as the leadership. Let's go to Logan in Colorado. He's looking at Allstate. Hey, um, just calling about Allstate. Ticker symbol ALL looks like the PE ratio is in a good spot. It's had a good run up recently. Debt to equity looks good. Uh, but I just want to get to your thoughts on kind of, you know, future growth. All right, looking at Allstate, and this 
most people know Allstate. They have a, had a great marketing campaign with all their athletes over the last what decade or so. They've done a really good job with that. And this stock price has really been on a tear since October of last year when it was trading around $90. Now it's $134 a share. Uh, and it's gone on a run with a lot of the insurance names because guess what? Higher interest rates benefits insurance companies in a big, big way. Now the question is, has it gotten ahead of itself? And you don't want to just look at that P ratio. You want to look more at cash flows because these insurance companies are, are complex. Now trailing 12 months, you have $5.5 billion in free cash flow on a $40 billion market cap. That's pretty solid. I like that. 1.6% dividend. The biggest worry here is that this year, earnings are actually supposed to drop 7% and another 8% next year back to closer to pre-COVID levels of $12.59, which uh, you know is, is still up a bit from 2019, but below 2020, where they made almost $15 a share. So what I would say is this is a good name to have on your watch list. Their profitability metrics longer term are, are pretty solid. Return on equity, 21%. Averages kind of the low teens over the last decade. That's good. But it, it's, it is a little overbought here. So I would be waiting for a pullback. A pullback into the one teens, so 115 or so, something like that. I think that's a great buying area. But uh, right now it's a bit overvalued, but good company to have on your watch list. Now my focus point today concerns this story. The Fed is warning of the potential for significant declines in asset prices. Now, according to the Federal Reserve, rising asset prices will pose increasing threats to the financial system if risk appetite falls. So we're going to unpack that story a bit and really dig into what they said. How much is it are how much is it real that they are really highlighting something uh, of risk? What impact could it have and what mechanisms do they have to maybe counter a potential decline in asset prices and which ones are the most at risk? Let's just say that. Now, I think I can squeeze in another question, so let's try right now. Hi, this is Alan from Hayward, California, and I'm just wondering what you think about the New York Times, ticker symbol NYT. Just wondering if you think uh, now is a good buy a stock picking service I uh, subscribed to recommended it. Thank you. Love the show. All right. Looking at New York Times. This has definitely been on a tear really since 2016. It was trading around $10 a share. Now it's at $44.75. The issue here is that near term, the chart is looking pretty dicey. It's down about 24% from its all-time high of $58.73, and it's below its 200-day moving average. You had a little bit of bounce here over the last few days, but ended up down $0.37 cents today. And this is one of those high multiple stocks. Supposed to make $1.09 this year, $1.24 next year. That's still about a 40 times multiple for... The New York Times, I know they've done well on uh, subscriptions and, and transitioning to a digital environment, but still, I don't know if it warrants this multiple, to be honest with you. So uh, I'm going to pass on it. I don't think it's cheap enough. In the 20s, I think I could I can be talked into it. High 20s? About 44? No. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein. And with all the changes we see happening in the market today, you must keep your eye on the ball. 
Don't be chasing those yields that you've, or those returns that you've seen over the past few years with those high flying tech names. You need to refocus on this new market. So we're taking your calls live at 888 chart It's an Invest Talk Monday. Justin Klein is here taking your questions live. How is your portfolio doing? Are you prepared for continuing volatility? You've got questions. Call Invest Talk. 888 99Chart. 888 99Chart. 888 how you get through and ask your question on today's show. Let's see. We are headed to James in New York. He wants to talk about crypto and Ethereum. Yeah, um, I bought Ethereum probably four years ago, um, small portion of my portfolio, but um, it's increased tenfold. Um, I just want to know, is there ever a time to take some profits off or do we just let it keep running? I mean, it's well, I do think seven, now is a great time to be cautious on crypto. I'm very cautious on crypto between now and, say, early to mid-July. Uh, it would not shock me. Yeah, To me, the mo one of the most obvious buy-the-rumor, sell-the-news type of events was was uh, uh, Elon on, on SNL over the weekend and talking about Dogecoin and all that. And, you know, you've seen – I don't know if you've seen Dogecoin over the past – 48 hours or so, but it's uh, down huge. Uh, and I'm just, I'm just very cautious on the crypto space as, as a whole um, right now. So I do think this is a fantastic time to be reducing your position dramatically at these levels. Okay. And if I also know uh, what the tax consequences for cryptocurrency, I'm not sure if I'm aware of that. Um, I, I don't know. I, I'm not a CPA, so uh, we, and we don't trade cryptocurrencies, so I'm not sure about that. You really need to ask your CPA uh, what, what those rules are. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't think there are any tax consequences, but don't hold me to that. Thanks for the call. Now, my focus point today concerns the story. The Fed is warning for the potential for significant declines in asset prices, and this was released in their latest or the semi-annual financial stability report and they noted that asset prices are vulnerable to significant declines if investor sentiment shifts which it's kind of uh well duh type of comment i mean everybody knows that the risk appetite will ebb and flow but what i think maybe they're getting at is that risk appetite is very high right now and if it backslides it can be not just a minor setback from the market but a potentially major setback in the market and that's what you're you're kind of seeing that now with the unwind uh, in the, the the tech space the, the the narrative stocks like i said and they said it could lead to broader stress in the financial system although they did say that banks are well capitalized and leverage is low among things like broker dealers but incidents like the Archegos capital uh, the Archegos capital blow up that really showed there was potential for kind of unforeseen type of leverage bets that aren't by your typical uh, actors within the financial system 
and Credit Suisse had a huge write down and many of many big investment banks had billion dollar losses because of this one actor created $10 billion of unexpected losses for many of the major banks. Now their argument is that it's not going to be amplified through weakness in banks, saying, okay, well, you might have singular blow-ups, you might have declines in the, in the equity markets, but you're not going to have a run in the banks, and it, or not run in the banks, but a weakness among the banks, and thus weakness in lending, I think is the the main worry for the Federal Reserve. And that was what it was in 2008. It wasn't that there were problems in the housing market and that itself brought down the system. What it was is the amplifying effect it had for underwriters at large banks and them being reticent to lend, cutting off the credit mechanism within the economy. And that's what drove really the, the decline in 2008. And so they see the credit, at least Jerome Powell sees the credit, or the, sorry, the financial stability picture as mixed. So not everything's hunky-dory, but they certainly see the potential for major, uh, major problems, okay? And they're still buying $120 billion with the treasuries and mortgage-backed securities. They're still trying to keep interest rates low. So they're kind of creating the problem in a lot of ways that they're calling out, calling out meme stocks and SPACs as showing that there's elevated risk of uh, relative to history. And it, I completely agree with it. Now, does that mean you run and hide? No. But what you do is you have to recognize, you have to recognize that the elevated risk are in the areas that most people are invested. One minute. The commodity space, the industrial space, the financial uh, stocks, that's done well over the past six months or so, but it's not a crowded asset class. What's crowded are, uh, you know, the, the, the Facebooks of the world, the Netflixes of the world, the Teslas of the world, those equities that are all about the narrative. And your job is to understand that. There's the old saying, my, one of my favorite sayings from my grandpa is, buy when there's sellers, sell when there's buyers. You should have been selling those, those names a long time ago when the optimism got so bloody high and now you're starting to see a little blood in the streets not blood in the streets but you're starting to see some bleed so be careful out there i'm justin klein ready to take your questions live at 888-99 chart this is invest talk made possible by kpp financial where they describe their services as independent thinking shared success and this philosophy is why KPP Financial can be of great value to investors. KPP principals Steve Peasley and Justin Klein are committed to unbiased guidance. They don't upsell clients into expensive and questionable investments. Instead, Steve and Justin provide honest opinions and proven strategies based on the individual's current portfolio and risk tolerance. Working with KPP Financial 
you can be assured of consistent dedication toward the goal of helping you achieve financial freedom. You can get things started with a phone call or a simple message through investtalk.com. Take the next step toward your financial freedom. Contact KPP Financial. Let's say you've been thinking about learning a new language. Okay, why? I mean, how would it come in handy? And where would you want to use it? Could it be that you have an upcoming international trip? Or maybe you want to connect with family members or friends from a different culture. I think you should know about Rosetta Stone. With millions of users, it's been the world's most trusted language learning program for 30 years. Rosetta Stone is available on your desktop or as an app with audio companion and the ability to download lessons offline. Rosetta Stone truly immerses you in the language you want to learn. It has a built-in, patented speech recognition engine called True Accent. So as you practice speaking, you'll get feedback on how well you pronounce words. With Rosetta Stone, you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. It's an intuitive process designed for long-term retention. You really learn to speak, listen, and think in your new language. Rosetta Stone is an amazing value, so your special skill set is within easy reach. You know you want to do this, so don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, InvestTalk listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off now at rosettastone.com today. At this point, I think almost everyone has heard how generative AI promises to bring us to the next industrial revolution. AI is already shaping society with an impact on daily life that echoes the transformative significance of electricity or the internet. As we take steps to embrace the potential of generative AI, we need to remain vigilant with regard to its exploitability. This is where HackerOne comes in. HackerOne's AI Red Team addresses the novel challenges of AI safety and security for businesses that are launching new AI deployments. The HackerOne approach involves targeted offensive testing by harnessing the collective skills of ethical hackers who are proficient in AI and prompt hacking. In short, AI red teaming is the practice of stress testing AI models and deployments to make sure they can't be tricked into providing information beyond their intended use and that security flaws can't be exploited to access confidential data or systems. HackerOne seamlessly integrates with your existing tools to enhance communication and collaboration across development, security, and IT teams. So, stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats with HackerOne's Attack Resistance Platform. Learn more at HackerOne.com. That's H-A-C-K-E-R-O-N-E. Dot com, HackerOne.com. The markets react to uncertainty. Are you prepared? Is your portfolio balanced? Is it optimized? Your financial future depends on the answers to those questions. Justin Klein is here now and ready to talk with you. Call Invest Talk, 888 99 Chart. 
Steve and Justin, thank you so much for all you do. This is Andrew in Ohio. I had a question about Acorns. So Acorns, if you don't know, is a investing app in which you do your roundups and you can do weekly investments on, and then you can invest that in the market, picking different portfolios that they have. Uh, I used it all the way through COVID. It did very well, 22%, I think, which was better than I was doing, stressing out in the market. So I just wanted to get your thoughts on Acorns or similar investing strategies and see if you guys like it or you don't like it, how they make their money, and um, if they're you know screwing me on the in the background. But I really like the app. I really like the putting away money without having to really think about it and then having that for a vacation or a down payment on something later in life. Thanks so much. All right, that's a great question. There are a lot of apps out there. And to me, by far the best feature is the fact that it allows you or creates an automatic saving mechanism. That's one of the main reasons why 401ks in general are successful because it creates that automatic every paycheck contribution to a retirement and to a savings account and creates that discipline. And that's what most people have trouble with is the discipline. Okay. And Acorns is similar to that where, like you said, it rounds up and it puts money in. Uh, where I have an issue with it is the investments it's putting you in. It's just kind of indexing. Um, I'm sure they get some sort of kickback. I'm not sure how they, they make money exactly, uh, what the what their business model is. But it's the fact that they just simply index. And you're seeing that right now where the indexes are very heavily weighted towards the, these tech, these growth names, and it's starting to underperform uh, a lot of more active strategies that are more focused on uh, the, the economic backdrop, traditional businesses that have earnings and cash flow. And I think this decade, active management is going to reemerge as uh, the better way to invest. And this is typical. It goes through cycles where uh, indexing does better, and then you go through longer cycles where uh, more active management does better. Typically, that is when the value side of the market also outperforms as well. And so it is a great mechanism for savings, but I would be regularly trying to move some of that into a more uh, traditional brokerage account where you have more control and you can perform better. Um, right now you're doing well because the market's done well. Okay, so if you're indexing the market's done well, well, you're gonna do fine. Uh, but that's not always going to be the case. So make sure you don't, and this is, this is uh, something a lot of beginning investors do. They look at, oh, six months or a year and they think that's a long period of time and that's some sort of proxy for what they should expect. Uh-uh. The equity markets have very, very big, wide dispersions in returns from year to year. Some years, 20, 30, 40 percent. Other years, two or three percent. Other years, negative 12 percent. Other years, negative 40 percent. That happens. It's all over the map. So never think that a short period of time, like six months, a year, even just two, three years, is way too short a time to really get it to... to give you a proxy of what to expect from any type of investment strategy. So great savings vehicle, not the greatest investment vehicle. Let's go to Robert in Maryland. He's looking at quantum state, excuse me, quantum scape QS. Hi, uh, thank you for taking my call. Sure. Yeah. So <clears throat> um, I've, I've owned uh, QS for a while, um, mm -hmm. for a few months. Um, 
I took a pretty, pretty small position because I knew it was a risky proposition, like mm-hmm. only like 2% of my portfolio. But I tell you, it's really hard to watch this stock. I mean, they've been just dropping steadily for a while now. Yeah. And I'm just, even though it's a small portion of my portfolio, I'm wondering if I should just cut my losses and get out. I mean, what, what's going on right now? It's been just miserable to watch. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is one of your standard high flying, high multiple, money losing, no revenue uh, businesses. And when that, in this environment, these type of business, these type of companies are not going to do very well. It's a story stock about solid state batteries. And, and, and that means the revenue and the profits are probably still years away. And you're going to need to be able to handle the volatility. You have to understand what you're buying. And this is a name that's going to move wildly in both directions. And you've seen that since basically uh, the, the, uh, the SPAC was uh, purchased and you had the stock go to 120 plus and now it's at uh, 28. And so... Me, I've been eyeing this in the teens, and I've said this for a while. I know Steve picked up a little bit, um, definitely higher than it is today. But to me, I looked at this name, and I said, this needs to have a single digit uh, in the billions in market cap for me to get interested from a risk-reward standpoint. And right now, it's still, after being down 78.6% from its 52-week high, of $132, it still has a $10.6 billion valuation. So I've been saying in the teens, around $5 billion, I'll, I'll give this a shot for the, uh, the risk versus reward there, okay, because of the potential for this technology in this business. Because I do think if it, it does work and it's scalable and it's, it's, uh, it's economical, then this is a huge company. But I need a single billion dollar, single digit billion dollar uh, mul- uh, valuation for me to buy this name. And it's at 28 now. I'm still waiting. <laughs> I don't see anything here. And I'm also looking for, this, this is something for, for everybody out there. If you look at these names that have, are going down and down, just grinding lower, and not doing very well, but you go, I still like the business, but the technicals look terrible. And that this is the same with QuantumScape. What you want to look for, and this one look for in QuantumScape, is a high volume day. Meaning the highest volume you've seen in months and months and months and months. And what that typically means after something's down 70, 80, 90% from its all-time high, that's called capitulation. And that means everybody who's going to be a seller has basically sold, right? This just rush of, oh, this thing's dead, uh, kind of having a sentiment that you have, Robert, and saying, I'm done with this name. Screw it. I'm selling it. And that's the perfect time to buy. And I think you're getting closer with QuantumScape, but it's not there yet. To me, it's not in the teens, and I haven't seen that high volume capitulation day. Now, if it that high volume capitulation day happens at 22 versus 16, then it happens at 22 and I still buy it at 22 because all those weak hands are gone. So you really have to have a conviction here. Do you like the name? Do you want to own it longer term? Then you don't sell it, right? You, you look for times to add to it. But if you can't handle the volatility, then you shouldn't be in this type of name anyway. Because anything that's losing money, that has no revenue, that's all about the potential for the business or the technology, 
going to be extremely volatile, and you need to be prepared for that. Thanks for the call, Robert. Now let's keep moving. Go straight back to the Invest Talk Voice Bank for a call that came in earlier on eight at eight ninety nine chart. Hi, Steve and Justin. My question is about how do you decide when to exit a losing position? I bought ticker symbol AGTC mostly based on the concept and the story. And this was before I started listening to your show, so I know better now. It's now down about 35% since I picked it up, and it represents about 4% of my portfolio. At this point, should I hang on and ride the roller coaster, or is the roller coaster doomed, so to speak, and I should just take what's left before the company ultimately crashes? Thanks a bunch. Love the show. Bye-bye. All right, this is AGTC, that is the symbol, and this is very similar to QuantumScape, except not in battery technology, but in biotech, and has no revenue in the past four quarters, losing money, and these are names that just typically continue to issue more and more and more shares. 2013, they had 7 million shares outstanding. Now they have 25 million shares outstanding. And that's up 20% from last year. So they just continue to, just these stocks continue to grind lower over the long term until they get to some sustainable position from a business perspective. And this has $162 million market cap. Once again, all about the story. I would never buy this name. And so that's what you have to say. And then a lot of people do this is they buy a name, it goes down and they just, they want to break even, or they just, they really want to want it to be work. They want to be right. Everybody wants to be right. It's human nature. What you have to do is recognize you're wrong. It's just the way it is. Okay. And move on. Utilize this money for a name that's working in companies that are making money, especially in this environment. It's not about the story. So the answer to your question is, is now a good time to own this type of name? Is this the backdrop, the, econ the, the economic backdrop from economic growth to inflation that will allow this company to do well? from a price perspective? And the answer clearly is no. And so you need to reallocate this capital for something that does work. Now 2021 is well underway. Hey, we're in the month of May. Can you believe that? Summer is almost here. And in this market, you need to refocus. Said this before many times, and I've been trying to say this for months and months and months. This is an environment where you need to focus on real businesses and have a real strategy. Not chasing the names that you see on CNBC or that your cousin told you about or that your buddy told you about. Uh-uh. This, this is an environment where you need a strategy that works. And that's why I want to make you aware of my free portfolio review sessions. I do this all the time, each and every day. I have a telephone call or a go-to meeting video chat uh, they're very simple to, to, to set up. I, we send out, you send us a message, we'll send you a link to my calendar. You can jump on my calendar. It'll create a video conference link and we get on a call. We look at your portfolio and we say, okay, is this strategy, what is your strategy? Is your strategy making sense? Are you well diversified? 
What names are good? What names are not so good in this environment? What are your longer term goals? And that's how we do these portfolio review sessions, making sure that your strategy is aligned with your ultimate goals. So that's why if you want to work or you want to just sit down with me, virtually, obviously, we can do that. It's free, no obligation. And that's my goal is to give you unbiased guidance and we practice parallel investing. So if you want to invest with us, then you're investing with me. So I'd love to help you in any way possible. Just head over to investtalk.com or you can call our KPP financial offices in Irvine, California at 800-557-5461. Next up, a caller question that came in earlier from a listener in Hayward, California. It is about the wireless space and we'll play that question in one minute. There is good news for loyal InvestTalk listeners, their friends, and families. Steve and Justin have recorded a special bonus podcast. Been listening for a while and have got some great advice. This free podcast is available for download anytime. Typically, each day and night, the InvestTalk call center receives more voicemail questions than Steve and Justin can fit into a live show format. Hi, guys. Big fan of the show. So in the bonus program, caller questions will be played back from our voice bank and answered with brief, unbiased, and helpful responses. I think for like the next 10 years, commodities are going to be doing very well. It's in the money. You probably just want to sell it. It's a fast-paced learning podcast for the average investor. Absolutely love your show. It's free, so be sure to tell your friends. It can be downloaded now at iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and investtalk.com. Look for Rapid Fire Hour. Hi, this is Alan from Hayward. Love the show. I wanted to know if Verizon as a dividend stock is worth it. They pay an annual dividend of $2.51 per share. By my calculations, if I were to buy 400 shares of Verizon stock at a price of $58 per share, it would take me 20 years just to break even. That's without figuring in taxes and inflation. I'm a beginning investor, which means I could have been mistaken in my calculations. But if I'm correct, why would anyone choose to invest like this? 20 years seems like an awful long time to break even. Thank you. Bye. Well, what you're assuming is that your residual value would be zero. That's what you're assuming. You're just talking about the dividends. Yeah, it's a, a 5% yield to say that. And you're getting that each and every year. It's going to take you 20 years to get your original principal. But you're also theoretically going to have your, your, your the value of the shares that you've owned are also should go up, if not stay flat, <laughs> hopefully go up over that time. So that's part of the total return of an equity holding. And that is your dividend plus price appreciation. So what you're calculating is just that dividend. And it sounds like maybe you're a new investor and you are probably very, very colored by the returns you're seeing maybe in crypto or in other areas of the market. And guess what? That's very atypical. You know, I see crypto very similar to dot-com bubble 1.0, to real estate in the mid-2000s. Remember, there's always a narrative 
around these bubble asset classes. And crypto is new, so it's a little difficult to for a lot of people to understand or it's easy or maybe it's easy for them to make the excuse for crypto. Remember in 2000, what the narrative was was the Oh, I guess I got to go to a break. Never mind. I'll talk I'll pick this up after the break. Give me a call at 888-99 chart. This is Invest Talk. Is your portfolio balanced? Is it optimized? Is it delivering the types of gains you want and need to achieve financial freedom? Well, turn up the volume because there are many questions that deserve unbiased answers. And Justin Klein is here now, ready to take your calls live. 888-99-CHART. 8899 chart, 8992-4278. Now, before the break, I was kind of going over the previous few bubbles that we've seen in the uh, in, in the economy. And 2000 was about tech, and the narrative was all about the, the new economy. It was a new paradigm. And that was used to justify these high valuations that you saw in the marketplace, that the growth was going to be so tremendous. And the growth was tremendous. But as per usual, people bid up the story stocks to levels that just were unsustainable. Either because their business was never going to grow that fast, or their business model was just not sustainable at all. Like the pets.com of the world, and their business was bankrupt within just a couple of years after being a high-flying stock. In the mid-2000s, it was all about real estate and that real estate prices never go down nationwide. And while that was certainly true, what what, what people did not pay attention to was the fundamentals. No matter what, the fundamentals always play out. Remember, price is what you pay, value is what you get. And the prices ran far ahead of the fundamentals, and fundamentals always correct themselves. Today's environment, it's crypto. And the narrative is, well, fiat is dying, and their central banks are just printing and printing, printing, and that is never sustainable, and we're going to decentralize, and that's going to be a better way to go. And, hey, I'm the first one to explain the ills of too loose monetary policy. But what I can argue is that that has created this crypto space. Now, does that mean that crypto is the inevitable way to go in a decentralized way? Is that a better way for money? Maybe. But a lot of things have to happen for it to usurp the powers of government, to be an actual better system. And it's not going to be created in a decade. It's going to take decades and decades. And so, don't get too caught up in the narrative. Focus on the value. Now we're coming down to the wire, and we can definitely fit in one more question. So here it is at 888-99-CHART. Hello, Steve or Justin. I'd like to ask your opinion on the stock ChargePoint Holdings. 
from what I've researched, it looks like they deal with the technology behind electric vehicle charging stations. So I want to get your understanding of the company and its fundamentals and see if it's a good stock in this current environment and a good potential long-term hold. Thank you. Appreciate it. Well, the easy answer is no, no. I just talked about this. This is the name, ChargePoint. They operate a network of open electric vehicle charging stations in California. Once again, a narrative. Narrative about electric vehicles and charging stations. And now this is going to be a great business. Is it? Or is this just the narrative that's being spun? Can you fill your gas station up? Or your, sorry, your car up at home with gasoline? Probably not. Do you have a gas station in your home? No. So you have to go to a gas station. Do you have charging outlets in your home in order to charge an electric vehicle? Yeah, you do. So what do you need charging stations for? Yeah, they're, they're helpful and they're needed here and there. But the vast majority of charging, if we go completely electric, is going to be from home. And so not only, I, I think this is not going to be the greatest business model because people have flexibility, but it's going to take mass adoption, a lot of infrastructure spending, and is it really going to be worth it in the end? Probably not. So I think it's a terrible stock, terrible environment for this. Focus on real businesses, everybody. Please, it's killing me. Stop focusing on a narrative. Focus on businesses with cash flow, earnings, dividends, etc. You're going to be much better off this decade than you have in the past decade because you're going to focus on real companies. I'm Justin Klein. This is Please Another Invest Talk program. Steve Peasley and I thank you for listening, and we encourage you to tell your friends and family about our free podcast downloads. You can get them at iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play, as well as, as always, investtalk.com. You can browse by podcast topic as well. 401ks, cryptocurrency, treasury yields, real estate, growth stocks, value investing. Just search by the title of interest. That's a tip for your friends and family. Might appreciate. Independent thinking, shared success. This is Invest Talk. Good night. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461.